Welcome to another episode of Strength for Today. Your host here, Eric Dykstra, and today we are going to dive right in. We're going to hit in Second uh, Corinthians chapters three and four, and we're going to dive deep underneath the hood again of the life of Paul. Just last uh, Monday, we talked about what it means to get under the hood and how a lot of times if you're mechanically minded when you get under the hood you begin to see what's going on underneath and a big part of this uh, whole podcast and youtube channel is to really get underneath and into the heart of a man or a woman and see where our sense of strength comes from and how the Lord really begins to form us internally and strengthen our hearts, strengthen the way that we think, the words that come out of our mouth become encouraging and exhorting and lift other people up. And even the way that we see the world around us begins to change because the strength of God has come so powerfully in our lives. And I begin to give you a little bit of a window into my heart and into my life over the last couple of weeks. And I try to be very real and transparent with you and allow you to see the good, but then also some of the very difficult and hard things that I have gone through in my life. And on Monday, we looked in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and 12 and saw some of the hardships that Paul had to endure uh, for the sake of advancing God's kingdom and spreading the good news of the gospel in the person of Jesus Christ. And when we remember the life of Paul, we remember who he was. And uh, we don't often hear about, I'm sure, the, the struggles that maybe he had to live from the new creation, the new identity that he had been given through his encounter with Jesus. But uh, thankful that he did thankful for the faithfulness and the obedience of Paul because for, for generations it has been changing lives and the revelation that Paul had of Christ gives us a broader perspective and a greater understanding and even experience of what God's love, his grace, his compassion, and his truth can do through living as a new covenant believer. And we're going to dive into that today because Paul really unpacks what the new covenant believer has the privilege and the inheritance of and the extraordinary strength and power to walk in on what I often uh, heard once a, a guy say, the other side of the cross, the resurrection side of the cross. You have access to something now as a New Testament believer that is so incredible and so needed desperately in the world around us. So let's take a dive into 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And I want to start at verse 3. I want to just read these and then just unpack it a little bit more and teach in this episode. It says, as a result of our ministry, you are living letters written by Christ, not with ink, but by the spirit of the living God, not carved onto stone tablets, but on the tablets of tender hearts. And this is the passion translation I'm reading from. But I loved how he stated that there. He says that as a result of our ministry, you are living letters written in Christ, not with ink, but by the spirit of the living God. And this is really the new covenant believer's privilege of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And in another passage in 1 Corinthians 6 or 7, I believe it is, where Paul talks about our bodies being the temple, the holy place, our hearts being the holy of holies. And in the Old Testament, the, the uh, tabernacle 
had the Holy of Holies in it. And only the priests could walk in because there was a veil there. And only the Levite tribe had priests that could go in and were called and anointed after sacrificing the blood of lambs and, and other animals. They were cleansed to be able to go into the very presence of God. And now through the person of Jesus in the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ, the holy of holies, that veil was torn. And it says the veil of our heart, the veil of our minds, the veil over our eyes before we knew Christ is now lifted. And we get to be the radiant reflections of his light and his goodness to the world around us. Because you now can walk into the holy of holies and meet with the living God developing a lifestyle of continued presence, of living in his presence, of being united with him. And he says that you are living letters, your life, your witness, your testimony, how you've walked with the Lord through hardship. People take notice of it. And it's not, he says, written in ink like it was back in the old covenant of the law. But now we have something new. Now we are led by the Spirit. Because remember when Jesus met with Nicodemus, he said to him, you must be born again of the Spirit. John the Baptist pointed the way to Jesus, saying, one greater than I is coming. I baptize you with water, but he, talking about Jesus, will baptize you in fire of the Holy Spirit. And that's what it means to be made new, to be born again, to become of the spirit. And when we find our identity out of that place of the spirit, God begins to um, pour himself into us and give us power and strength, not to promote ourselves, but to serve, to love the world around us, to make him known so that people can experience the fullness and the goodness and the kindness of who God is. I love what he says in verse four. He says, we carry this confidence in our hearts because of our union with Christ before God. So there's a confidence in terms of God's strength within us. And he says, we carry this confidence because of our union with Christ. And he says, we don't see ourselves as capable enough to do anything in our own strength. For our true confidence flows from God's empowering presence. That's been a theme I've shared on a lot over the last several weeks. God's empowering presence to allow and enable you to become something that you were not before. Just be reminded of that image of a caterpillar completely transforming into something brand new that has wings. And as it breaks out of the cocoon, as we are strengthened in the process of hardship, we're giving new strength, a new source of confidence, not in our ability. And that's what Paul makes very clear here, that it's in God's ability and his strength. And then he says, he alone makes us adequate ministers who are focused on an entirely new covenant. Our ministry is not based on the letter of the law, but through the power of the spirit. The letter of the law kills but the spirit pours out life. This touches me at a very deep level and a heart level every time I read it. That God alone makes us adequate ministers who are focused on an entirely new covenant. Paul talked so much about the new covenant. Jesus's life was an example to us 
about the new covenant that we get to walk into. In just a minute, we're going to take a look into the next chapter of 2 Corinthians 4, which Paul clearly distinguishes the two covenants, the old and the new. Because after Jesus was crucified, buried, and resurrected, he ascended. He sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. And now he says, you will even do greater things than I did. He gives us the promise in John 14 and 15, the coming of the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to counsel us, to be an advocate for us, to lead us into all truth. And then in John 15, he talks about learning to live an abiding lifestyle, which just simply means learning to remain in union with Christ throughout our day and not just having these encounters every few days, months, or years, or at a conference, but learning to develop and cultivate our heart. Because remember, we have the Holy Spirit resides in us internally. So we just need to connect with him. It's not a visitation relationship anymore with the Lord, but it's an inhabitation, the Lord inhabiting us, abiding in us. And so now it's becoming aware of all he is and who he is in us. Then a few verses later, he's talking about the new covenant again to these people at Corinth. And he says, yet how much more radiant is this new and glorious ministry of the spirit that shines from us? For if the former ministry of condemnation was ushered in with a measure of glory, how much more does the ministry that imparts righteousness far excel in glory? He's distinguishing the old from the new. It's like the new wineskin. God's given us a spirit when we're reborn that is going to expand, that is going to make room for the fullness and the expansion that's going to happen as Christ fills us with his glory, his presence, his honor, his light. It's expansive inside. That's what it feels like to have strength in the Lord. And he said the old covenant brought a measure of God's glory, but how much more radiant are we? To me, that's encouraging because we live in a dark age in a dark day where we see evil all around us. And I'm sure the weight and the burdens of what's going on in the world right now, we're on the brink of war over in Europe, seeing things that maybe trouble us or leave us fearful, but knowing that we are new covenant believers who get our source of strength, identity, wisdom, perception from the Lord himself. And it's much different. It's of the kingdom. And he says it's much more glorious and radiant because of Jesus. And it says, we are now the righteousness of God because of Christ dwelling in us. And so when God looks at you, he's looking at his son who lives within you. If you've surrendered that spot of your heart and allowed him to come into your heart. Then a few verses later, he says, the fading ministry came with a portion of glory. But now we embrace the unfading ministry of a permanent impartation of glory, a permanent impartation of his glory. Let that rise up in you today, believer. A permanent impartation of his glory being made known to you today. Then he says, so then with this amazing hope living in us, we step out in freedom and boldness to speak the truth pray right now that God would fill you with a new sense of hope today, that he would remind you of what he's accomplished and what he's overcome, 
so that you could live in relationship with him, so that you could receive his love today. And he's made that available for you. Step out in the freedom that God has made available to you. And then Paul goes on to talk about their minds and their hearts and how so many people who weren't believing in the name and the power of Jesus were living in darkness, were living with veiled hearts that they didn't know they had access to the holy of holies and they kept wandering. This broke Paul's heart and it drove Paul to move from city to city proclaiming the good news because we have to remember what Paul came out of and how he was delivered and how he experienced a true, full revelation of who Jesus was in his life and how radically transformed Paul now is. And so he's making that known. He's demonstrating the power of God's goodness from a place in his own life. And he says in verse 16 of chapter three, but the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. So guys, just imagine a veil being in front of you, trying to see up and above and through. And then all of a sudden, when we give our lives to Christ, I'm just remembering that time when I was in seventh grade, there was a new sense of life and purpose that began to emerge in me and that veil that I couldn't see and the issues that I get stuck in, the Lord just said, now it's gone. And there's a new, fresh way of seeing plainly. And now it's just learning to live according to the spirit. Then he says, now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit. And wherever he is, Lord, there is freedom. There is freedom for you today when the Lord is present. And he says, we can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. Imagine that. James talked about looking into the mirror in James chapter one and how for so many of us, it's like we go and we look away. And as soon as we walk away from the mirror, we forget the image. And if Jesus is that mirror, He's reflecting back to you your beauty, how chosen you are in him, how accepted and beloved you are in him. And he says, as the veil is lifted and we look into the face of Christ, we're being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. Guys, this is a great exercise. What would that look like for you to move from one element or aspect of glory to another? That's what it means to sail as opposed to row. That life becomes energizing. That life becomes um, about being fulfilled, living in abundance, living from fullness. Does that mean that it's going to be smooth sailing? No, there's going to be days ahead where storms come up but your ability to endure hardship begins to raise or rises with the level of power and strength that you're receiving from the Holy Spirit uh, in this very moment. You are being transfigured. And he says, and this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So that concluded chapter three. And we see how Paul, 
is now fixated on this new creation and helping people to live into and from this new identity that has been created. But he realizes that through all the stuff he's been through, that it's leading him further down the road, that it's giving him greater experiences, but he's not yet arrived. And we're going to see this on Friday in Philippians 3, where he says, I have not yet obtained the fullness of it, but his life was a life lived in order to keep moving forward. And sometimes that's all we can do is that we just keep progressing and moving one step closer and one step closer, knowing and, and being filled with the hope that only God can give us in this day and in our age. And I want to just end by kind of going into some verses in chapter four. And I want to encourage you with these words because it says that the word of God is life-giving. And to live from our spirit means to live a life full of, of the one true source of life, to be filled with life, to be expanded, to be uh, com coming to life, coming alive. I'm just getting an image of God breathing over Adam and giving him breath, filling his lungs bringing it to life. I'm thinking of Ezekiel in chapter 47, where God said, do you believe that these bones can have life? And he said to Ezekiel, speak. And the, the spirit of God began to show Ezekiel an army that was coming to life. That's what we're going to see in the days ahead. God breathing into us, his very spirit, breathing life into us and saying, awaken for we have been asleep too long, body. So I speak to you today, heart, and mind, and soul, and spirit that's listening. I speak life over you, not because of what I can do, but through the strength of God in me and what he's able to do in you. Come alive, sleeper, and awaken. Be made alive and be born again in the spirit and in the name of Jesus, who is above every name, come alive today, child. In chapter four, he says this. He says, now it's because of God's mercy that we have been entrusted with the privilege of this new covenant ministry. And we will not quit or faint with weariness. That's a great demonstration of strength. Being able to endure the hardship, not shying away, not backing away. But he said, it's not because of who we are, but it's because of God's mercy that we have been entrusted with the privilege of this new covenant ministry. And it says, we won't grow weary, we won't grow faint, and we'll keep moving on. And he talks about their minds have been blinded by the God of this age, leaving them in unbelief. And their blindness keeps them from seeing the day spring light of the wonderful news of the glory of Jesus Christ, who is the divine image of God. And in verse six, he says, let brilliant light shine out of darkness. That's a great image to just set your heart on. That the darkness is penetrated by this marvelous light of Jesus. So let your light, if Christ is in you, let your light, let the light of Christ shine and penetrate the darkness. It says, let brilliant light shine out of darkness is the one who has cascaded his light into us, the brilliant dawning light of the glorious knowledge of God as we gaze into the face of Jesus Christ. And then he calls us like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within. 
so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's and not our own. Paul had something he knew that we need to be aware of today. Imagine that clay pot images that carry something powerful within. And he says that the overflow of God's power will be seen as his and not our own. Guys, everything that I'm doing today and everything I hope to accomplish in the past is because of some of the most difficult seasons where I've had to relearn how to walk with the Lord and be reinvented and, and let go of things and let go of the control that we often try to take of our lives and to really surrender it, to take ownership of some of the choices that we make in life that have consequences that are real. Guys, we got to know that there is an enemy who's real, who's against us, who wants to see us fail in every single way. But the Lord coming under us, lifting us, putting us in the cleft like he did in Moses when Moses said, I want to see your glory. And he put him in a cleft and he passed before Moses and all the goodness and glory of God passed by. And when Moses would come down from meeting with God, it said his face would shine. We have to be a people that know how to strengthen ourselves and be filled up in the spirit and how to encourage ourselves in the spirit. It's a common theme throughout all scripture. Your heroes of the faith knew how to strengthen themselves. You live in a new covenant relationship with the Lord. Guys, transformation is much more accessible than you realize. If we're willing to pursue him and love him with all of our mind, strength, heart, and soul. And then he says this, that we continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. The resurrection life of Christ being made known and manifesting, being a demonstration to the world, he says, in our humanity. Guys, when his divinity dwells within us, it gives us access to something we don't naturally have through our own ability. And as he abides in you, he loves to make himself known through you to the world around you. He says, we consider living to mean that we are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. So then death is at work in us, but it releases life in you. It's a great testimony to all of Paul's life is that he once was a person who was putting to death other people who put faith in Jesus. And now Paul's saying that he's being put to death and would gladly be put to death if it would mean one person coming to know who Jesus Christ is. And then I want to end with these verses. He says, we do this because we are convinced that he who raised Jesus will raise us up with him. And together we will all be brought into his presence. Yes, all things work for the enrichment so that more of God's marvelous grace will spread to more and more people, resulting in an even greater increase of praise to God, bringing him even more glory. Who man. Take a moment to take that in. That's verses 14 through 15 in 2 Corinthians 4. Convinced that we will be raised with Jesus and will raise up with him so that more of God's marvelous grace will expand. The more of the world and the corners that have never been reached will be reached with God's goodness and transformed. 
bringing more praise to the Father, more honor to the Father. And he says, so no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outer person is gradually wearing out, or it says it this way, no wonder, uh, so no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is renewed every single day. Guys, your inner person, your inner spirit, your strength, can be built up. Your new identity is getting stronger and stronger in the days ahead. That sounds like sailing and not rowing to me, where we're going against the current, being worn out, but you're being refreshed. You're aligning your sail with the movement of the Holy Spirit and being led into greater encounters of glory and honor. That is God's heart and his desire for you today. He says, we view our slight short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond all that compares. That's a great perspective, and I'll leave you with that today, to view all the weighty issues that are going on in the world in light of eternity today. And I want to close with this, and may this be our prayer moving forward into Friday. Paul said this back in a few verses earlier in verse 8 of 2 Corinthians 4. He says, so that we, though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. Guys, how many of you have felt pressure, but yet the ability to withstand that internally is that strength of Christ. He says, but we're not crushed. And at times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. I know I felt overwhelmed at times and I didn't want to move forward, but the Lord kept pushing on and saying, don't quit. I've got something incredible ahead. It says we are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. Guys, wherever you're at today, however hard life is, there are only brighter days ahead. And I pray now that the hope of God, the glory of God, the love of God would become so real and present and tangible. And I would encourage you to make a space where you come into the holy, into the holy of holies and begin to meet with God face to face because it's available. It's your privilege. And God is honored when his children come before him and cry out in their weakness because I believe that God's heart is to fill us with strength and may his strength fill you today and expand your spirit that you would receive everything through the inner working of the Holy Spirit making you strong. Go back and read those prayers in Ephesians 1 and 3 that we talked about last week. May you be strengthened and may you know and experience the love of God today and may it give you the ability to be sustained to be stable, to be balanced, and to endure the hardships that are ahead. And may you find him the greatest uh, source of wealth and, and the greatest source of being enriched in your spirit um, that your heart has been longing and desiring because he will be that for you. So Jesus, would you just meet with us today and give us ongoing encounters leading us more into your glory and transforming us more into your image. Lord, we love you, and we ask for your strength today in Jesus' name. God bless you guys today. 
Uh, come back Friday as we've got another great episode and we're going to take a little bit of a dive into Philippians chapter three and that's going to bring us to a close in the life of Paul before we move on uh, in the weeks ahead to some very exciting things that I want to share with you as well. So come back Friday. God bless and God strength to you today.